following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. It is indeed time for Inside Twins, our final program prior to the All-Star break. All-Star week kicks off tomorrow. First, the Twins some business to handle with Detroit as they wrap up this four-game series. Inside Twins is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Joined today by Twins principal owner Jim Polad. And Jim, first and foremost, always appreciate your time and your your candor that you bring to this program. Uh, We do this usually once a year, and I think... uh, if we had chatted in spring training about how our conversation would be going at the All-Star break, we probably both would have anticipated a little different first half of the season for this club. Is that fair? That's, that's totally fair. I think that everybody, all, all the fans, everybody in the Twins organization, and you and I would have all expected a different conversation. Well, things obviously have not gone the way of the Minnesota Twins, and at times it's been bad luck. At times it's simply been poor performance. You've ridden through some highs, winning division championships. You've ridden through some tough seasons uh, and tough decisions that followed those as well. Does this season have any different feel for you based on kind of where you thought this club was and where everybody seemed to uh, have the high expectations? Yeah, I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't know that you could even point to any one particular player's performance because I, like, I believe we have a really good team. We're not playing well, that's for sure. And uh, so we clearly have expected different outcomes. And you could go down the list of each individual player. And some are probably playing up to their expectations and some aren't. But they're all trying and they all want to win. And as we talked to Rocco about, um, you know, there's going to be seasons where there's adversity. I mean, Rocco came in his first year. He won manager of the year and we won the division. So. That's not going to be the case all the time. There's going to be adverse circumstances from time to time. You know, nobody wants to hear about learning moments, but that's what they are. Well, and you've got a lot of experience not only on the baseball side, but with all the other business ventures that that, that you and the Paulhead family are involved in, you obviously have a career's worth of experiences where maybe the forecast didn't match up with what actually transpired. Are there processes that you can utilize from other business lines that you can also utilize with with a baseball team in terms of uh, of how you reexamine processes or how you try to grow and, as you said, use them as learning moments? Yeah, I, I don't think that there. I I wouldn't know of something that for me is personally transferable from the the traditional non sports business world. But uh, the systems and processes that Derek and Thad have put in place, you know, we still totally believe in and we believe in them and the ability of those systems and and processes to, you know, develop competitive winning teams. How often do you communicate with those guys about day-to-day baseball stuff? Like, what is that communication like? Because I think one of your great strengths that you've always been very open about as an owner is, hey, I'm going to hire really good people, and I'm going to trust them to do their work without peeking over their shoulder constantly and getting in their business. But at the same time, you do keep a very open communication between between the two ends. Yes, and I think mostly it's um, coincident with home games because that's where I'm at the ballpark and Derek and Thad are at the ballpark. And Derek comes down virtually every game and we talk. Sometimes I just ask him technical questions. 
things about baseball that I certainly don't know. But it's right that we do defer to them almost totally because and even when things aren't going good, I don't think anybody wants somebody like me making specific baseball decisions. Jim Polat is our guest here. The show is Inside Twins. Jim, kind enough to give us some time. And I remember talking with you last year, which was such an unprecedented time. And you would be at the ballpark and we would be up in our booth and no one else would be in the building. And we talked about that experience and I thought your description of it was really perfect. It was You said it was sad. It was sad to be there watching a game alone. And I know a big part of this year for you, beyond just wanting the Twins to do well and the Twins business to do well and the ballpark to be full, was that you felt the Twins could be a big part of the revitalization of downtown Minneapolis after a tough go between COVID and other issues here in your home city. Uh, Is that part frustrating for you as well, that we haven't yet been able to fill this ballpark on a nightly basis with that joy that can spill over into other aspects of, of the city's revival? Yeah, I mean, I think that the ballpark and our attendance, which is somewhere in the fifteen to 20,000 per game range, is a big step towards revitalizing downtown. I don't think that we've had any incidents, and certainly no significant incidents of fans not feeling safe or having a, an issue. So I think the ballpark is that, and last year was sad. It was weird. And one thing I've learned this year is how much, much players appreciate playing before a live audience, even if it was just 10 people. I think that really makes a big difference. And I didn't appreciate that last year, even though I did appreciate how sad and weird it was. Yeah. And now as we're back to, to on this homestand fully open uh, for full capacity, we hope we continue to pack people in here. But I know you live in Minneapolis, you work in Minneapolis, you're heavily invested in this city, not just in the ballpark, but with other uh, commercial buildings, you house your businesses here. That's a big deal for you, right? I mean, not just writing checks or talking about it, but the health of this city as a community is a big deal for you and the family. Yes. I mean, I love the Twin Cities and I mean, I've been here my whole life. I don't intend to ever leave. I might spend a little bit more time away from winters occasionally, but I love (laughs) Minneapolis, St. Paul and our whole area. And I'm proud of it. And there are issues, but they're not unique issues to Minneapolis, St. Paul. And you mentioned St. Paul, and it's a perfect segue with the addition of the Saints now to the Twins family as a AAA affiliate. Uh, Do you see baseball the Twins here, the Saints at beautiful CHS, as something that can be a driving force and a unifying force in the communities? I think it can be. It should be. And we, we're going to make every effort to make it be that. I, I mean, the Saints partnership has been great. I hope they feel the same way. I know that it, there are some issues that are a little bit more restrictive on them and their ability to put their product on the field day to day, but they're not imposed by us. I mean, occasionally they do run into some issues with Major League Baseball, but I don't think it's been significant. It's way, way more positive for us and hopefully for them also. Have you found yourself on a day where maybe the Twins are out of town wandering over to to CHS? No, I can't say. I went to opening day at CHS Field. So far, I'm just being honest, that's the only time I've been there. Uh, I think, Jim, you need to go over and see if we can get you to walk the pig out with the baseballs. Is that something you'd want to do? I'd be happy to do anything. (laughs) I believe in that product. I love the Saints product even before it was affiliated. I personally would do anything I can to advance that product and not do anything to stifle it.
Well, I know that uh, we were all excited in the organization from you at the top all the way through about the partnership. And yes, while the wins and losses haven't been what we wanted at the big league level, it's great to hear that that partnership is indeed flourishing. And I think it's fair to say, Jim, wouldn't you, that that we have not yet even scratched the surface of what that partnership can do baseball-wise and community-wise? No, no, I'm sure we haven't in in those two. I mean, I think that the functioning of it as our AAA affiliate probably is, you know, running smoothly and might not see many changes there. But in terms of the fan experience, I think that's all ahead of us. There's a lot of opportunity. Oh, that's outstanding to hear. It's Jim Polad joining us, the principal owner of the Minnesota Twins. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Of course, baseball coming up next between the Twins and the Tigers. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Jim Polad about some league-wide issues as we crest the unofficial halfway point of the 2021 Major League season. It's all coming up right here on your home for Twins Baseball. We're back here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Twins are locally owned and operated as well, and the same things could be said about the Minnesota Twins, how memories are created and legends are made, and owner Jim Polad is with us here today. Jim, let's talk about some league-wide issues, because it has been a busy year for Major League Baseball, and it starts really with the looming CBA expiring at the start of December. We spoke recently with a few player reps. They said they felt uh, positive about how things are going. Obviously, there's been some slings and arrows through the press, as there typically are, uh, and obviously with the commissioner who is a very storied labor lawyer there's an upper hand there from the owner's side uh how confident are you that things are going to to reach a compromise here uh before the cba expires and 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 that we're going to be able to have smooth baseball into next year you know i can't i don't know how to predict anything this is my first real direct experience with the process of negotiating a new cba before i've just been on the sidelines now you know, at least listening to everything going on. And so it's really a total learning process, and I don't know how to assess the probability. I know that the intent of both parties is to reach an agreement, and I think that with you, you know, I think that can happen. On that note, and I think it's, you said it's the intent of both parties, and public doesn't always see it that way because they only get slices we only get slices and it ends up looking publicly like billionaires fighting with millionaires and nobody wants to watch that and in a state where you're competing so heavily for the entertainment dollar and for people's attention and for people to want to grow the sport how important do you think it is for baseball as a product to come through this not only with an agreement but also without spattering too much mud on one another and turning off the public yeah i think that and i'm just being honest i think that the mud part of it is probably just a part of the process i mean there's the the public side and the private side and you know we all me included you know tend to speak to the public often you know trying to articulate what we think they want to hear and it might not be always be reality because a lot goes on uh, between the parties that doesn't make it into the public realm yeah and probably shouldn't and probably a better way to get some of those machinations i don't know about it should or shouldn't but it doesn't yeah, it doesn't, and that's probably something that, that, that won't technically change. One of the big issues, obviously, in the game right now uh, is the midseason uh, implementation of frisking the pitchers, checking for sticky stuff and things of that nature. Uh, that came from the commissioner's office uh, and kind of in a reactionary sense. And one of the pushback from players was, we like it, 
but why wasn't this addressed in the offseason? Is that something as owners you guys were even cognizant of or aware of as an issue in the offseason? I would say generally no. I mean, everybody's aware of the issue. I think that it clearly rose to prominence during the first half here of the season. And should they have addressed it at the beginning of the season? Maybe. But, I mean, you address it when you think you have to. And I, I totally believe that's what the commissioner and his staff did. They addressed it when they had to. I mean, nobody wants a public issue that somehow kind of involved, and I don't want to use the word cheating because I don't, I'm not sure it's always that, but, you know, gaining an unfair mm-hmm. competitive advantage. Nobody wants that. And, you know, but you, I think that when something becomes just so loud and um, overwhelming, you got to deal with it. How does that work communication-wise amongst the owners? Is that something where you guys just, hey, the commissioner's job is to deal with this stuff and, and he'll let us know what's going on? Or are you consulted on matters like that? Like, hey, this thing is happening. It's about to reach ahead. We can't do nothing. We've got people working on it, and something's going something's gonna to come of it in, in the near future. Is that kind of how it works? I think that's how it works. I think that's what the commissioner's office would say to the broad ownership group exactly what you just said and we've got to deal with it and we being the commissioners of we will how heavily involved are you on the various different committees and whatnot currently in the in the ownership circle well they're in the process of re-establishing the committees and i think that process is almost complete but you know i think that i'm on a couple committees i i don't think i know and you know i those committees to me anyway not that any committee isn't, but they're important, and they'll be at the on the front line of uh, changes or collective bargaining agreements or whatever happens. Yeah, and it's you know I feel like you're at the point now where you probably have been around longer than some of the other owners. Are you one of the more veteran owners now at this point, having seen been through some of this stuff? Yes, I think that would be technically the case, but that doesn't that in and of itself doesn't mean anything i mean there's Mm -hmm. a lot of new people and they're really really smart really engaged and interested in the future of the game yeah that's probably i don't think that seniority itself uh determines anything yeah an infusion of 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 mindset and and thought uh, that can be great and healthy for the entire game one question i've always been fascinated with from the ownership level jim is when you have baseball questions, you obviously have gone out and hired who you felt were the best baseball people to to do that side of your business. But when you have questions about how that is going, you can't just ask them, just as a business would bring in consultants and whatnot. Who are some of your other baseball side resources uh, around the league that you can utilize or go to with either questions or just even uh, to get an honest assessment of how things are, are happening here with, with your guys? Well, I mean, I, I would say I don't know of any specific source or resource like that, like you just described. I mean, I talk to other owners from time to time, but it's just in the general course of conversation, not with me calling with a question. So I would say that my main resource is Derek and Thad. Mm-hmm. And that's so far, anyway, good enough for me. Seems to be working. Obviously, the uh, the wins and losses this year, not so much. That brings us to the trade no, deadline. No, not at all. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't want to uh, underemphasize that nobody is happy with the performance of the team, including the team. 
Yeah, and obviously trade deadline coming, and it's going to take on a little different look perhaps this year. Uh, I know one thing we've joked about in the past is it seems like anytime you mention who your favorite player is, they get traded away. So I won't try to figure out who it is this year, uh, but from an emotional standpoint, at a trade deadline, when a player that you have grown to appreciate and enjoy and the fan base appreciates and enjoys, when they move on, whether it was an Eduardo Escobar, whether it was a Justin Morneau in years past, is that tough for you just from an emotional standpoint to say goodbye to guys like that? Yes, from an emotional standpoint, yes. But I, you know, I respect the thought process that Derek and his group go through to arrive at these decisions, and part of it, I don't believe is always how popular the player is to me or to, I mean, we don't, nobody's trying to take away from the fans, popular players, but our overall goal and their goal for sure is to make the team better. Yeah. If they start trading or not trading based on how much you like the guy, that's probably a bad idea. I'm thinking that would probably yeah, not be a sound I, business plan. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same as if I was picking picking players to be traded or not or picking what we get back in return nobody wants that i agree i agree with that one as well we'll take our final break we'll come back with jim polad finish on a high note this is inside twins on your home for twins baseball it's our final segment of inside twins owner jim polad kind enough to join us here just prior to the all-star break as the minnesota twins uh, in entertaining the Detroit Tigers today, the final game before the break. All right, let's look ahead. Uh, We've talked a little doom and gloom here today, Jim, about how things haven't gone well in the first half. What is the path forward? What is the thing you are most excited or optimistic about for this club moving into the second half of the season? If you could wrap up one thing you really want to see, uh, what would it be? Well, I think it would be the same as what some some individual players want. They want to play up to their expectations for themselves. And I know that some, particularly in the pitching staff, some have been frust- Some of the individual players have been frustrated with their performance, which isn't historically the, you know, how they've been. They've been excellent contributors, and that's why we um, signed them onto the team. And so I just really, they want to be better, and I know that, and I totally believe that. And we, all we can do is hope that they will be. Yeah, hope for some some individual performances. What about the young crop? There's a new crop of of, of players here, guys like Alex Kirilov, guys like Trevor Larnick, that are seizing opportunities. I think that are becoming uh, players that young fans in and around the Twins territory can can start hanging posters on the wall of and and looking up to a little bit. Have you have you enjoyed watching this new crop take advantage of an opportunity, however the opportunity came about, take advantage of an opportunity at the big league level? No, I have, because there's a lot of these names we've heard for a long time. And that is something that's frustrating from an ownership standpoint. You hear about players that are down in the system. You can consistently hear their names, and you want them to come up and see them perform. Unfortunately, naivety on my part, you know, you think that they're going to come up and just, uh, you know, perform as all at an all-star caliber right from the beginning. But there's, it's, there's a definite, I've observed, there's a definite learning for, for players entering in the majors. It's not the same as playing in the minor leagues. And so you just got to be patient and they learn and it may take two years, three years, but we've seen it. I mean, Byron Buxton is just like the perfect example. I mean, people were frustrated and he was frustrated with his performance, but now he comes up this year and it's just like he suddenly gets it. And that just takes time. It doesn't happen from the beginning. 
Yeah, and you mentioned Byron, and obviously a big hope for the second half would be a healthy Byron Buxton, who's been as good as anyone in the game. Big question a lot of fans have, Jim, and you're always needling me to ask you hard questions. Can this team keep Byron and Jose long-term, two of those guys who came up through the system and have figured it out? Yeah, I think the answer is a definitive yes. And I can tell you that Byron, as an example, there's just nobody that's more frustrated with the, you know how things have gone for him health-wise than he is. I mean, he is really bummed out by this kind of stuff, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't treat it lightly, and it's, he wants to be out there competing, and he's a vital part of our team going forward, as Jose would be. Great stuff. And, Jim, I appreciate your candor. As always, I think you're spot on with that. Byron, as good as they come, and we look forward. If I had one pick in the second half, a healthy Byron for the last 75-plus games would be certainly something I want to see, and I think Twins fans would uh, flock to Target Field to watch as well. Jim, your candor and, is always... And, By- and Byron, Byron wants to see, just just so I want to make sure that's clear. Yep. He is... is oh, yeah. I don't think anybody wants to play as much as Byron wants to play, and he'll do anything to, to get on the field. So, Jim, it's always great having you. We appreciate it. We know we're fortunate uh, because not every owner is willing to not only be honest and candid and give us some of their time, uh, and you do it regularly, uh, and we appreciate it. So you take care, and thanks for joining us on Inside Twins. You're welcome. Thanks. That's Jim Polad. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Stick around. Twins take on the Tigers next on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.